I'm so excited to welcome Tina Rubin, Chief Marketing Officer for WAVE, onto CMO Pulse. Tina, welcome. I'm so thrilled to have this conversation with you about how uh, you've been kind of following Gen Z since they were born, pretty much. Yes, thank you so much for having me. I'm thrilled to be chatting with you today. Amazing. Well, tell us a little bit about, I want to talk about WAVE. I was spending some time looking at some of your past WAVEs and it's just a really great mix of um, sort of amazing niche artists as well as big names like John Legend and um, The Weeknd and others. But before we get to that, um, tell us a little bit about, you know, when we were chatting, you talked about how, um, you know, you've really uh, sort of been marketing to this, you know, now Gen Z demographic for a really long chunk of your career. Tell us a little bit about that journey and and what sort of brought you to WAVE. Yeah, yeah. Happy to start kind of from the top because I think it it kind of brings me to where I am today, which is um, out of business school, I landed at Mattel as a toy marketer. So this was over 10 years ago and I was marketing Uno, action figures, um, Hot Wheels to kids as young as three and as old as, you know, eight or nine or even a little bit older. And so to think that, you know, over the last 10 years, I've continued to market, market to this cohort or this age group has been crazy because they didn't plan on that. But I've watched them grow up and I marketed to them when they were young. And now I market to them as young adults and they're playing video games, they're streaming content, they're on social media platforms. And so it's been crazy to kind of be part of that evolution of an audience group that I've been focused on in my marketing career for the last 10 plus years. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, you mentioned now they're they're young adults. And I know before you joined Wave, you were no stranger to young adult marketing. You were, you know, marketing some of the the most popular and sort of iconic um, young adult television programs and programming overall. What did you learn, you know, switching from toy marketing to entertainment marketing? How, How was that different for you? Yeah, I'm obviously um, yeah, marketing to younger kids is is sort of a different way of marketing. Um, younger kids aren't on social media, right? And at some point, there's that transition where this audience group starts consuming social media and is getting their content in different ways. And so as I've come to kind of market towards the young adult audience in the last five years, I've realized that this audience is definitely on social media. Like that is their primary platform. No longer are they consumer consuming traditional sort of platforms like linear TV and even, um, you know, print is just it's not a thing. And and this this audience doesn't even really check email. And so you have to really start thinking about how do you how do you reach them? And so much of it is around the communities and the platforms that they're engaging in. So all the social media platforms, places like Twitch, um, places like YouTube, those are the places that this audience is spending a lot of their time in right now. And what did you find, um, you know, maybe with with some of the bigger titles, I know you worked on Stranger Things and some others while you were at Netflix. How did you approach marketing programs like that? I mean, I guess you couldn't have known they were going to be quite as big as they became um, before that kicked off. But what was what was that experience like? Yeah, I mean, there were a couple of things when I was at Netflix and marketing amazing shows like Stranger Things, There's there's a natural fandom that comes with it, right? And so, so much of the marketing that we did and, and and the fandom was largely this young adult community was all about giving them more of the content and access 
to the show. And so I was really lucky in that there was so much to work with already. Um, but I think one of the things that I've come to realize is that this audience really create, craves sort of like authenticity and they, they, they want you to be real. And so they're not looking necessarily always for cookie cutter, polished images, or for you to say the perfect thing. There's something about just being human alongside with this audience who's grown up in, you know, think about everything we've gone through in the last year and frankly, the last decade, so much kind of um, turmoil. And so there's just like this sense of like, let's be real. Let's be authentic. Let's talk human to human and acknowledge that like, we want to make the world a better place and that mental health is a big deal. And, you know, all these things things that like, I feel like have come into focus during this pandemic, I think have become sort of at the forefront for this generation as well, because it's sort of defined their, their life experience. Right. And it was, I feel like it was already a thing going, you know, pre-COVID, but perhaps if anything, the, the melding of identity and sort of this concept of having like a polished you that's a work version and then a relaxed you that is a personal version. I mean, that that just doesn't seem to be something that, you know, that, that this audience is really resonating with. Yeah. And I, and I think that the thing about Gen Z is, and I'm not Gen Z, but they don't want to be boxed in. They're very multidimensional. And so when you think about who they, you know, as a marketer, we want to be able to be like, okay, you fit in this box and therefore I market to you in X, Y, and Z way. But that's not really how this generation works. You really have to deeply understand who they are and they don't identify with just one thing. For example, at the company I'm at now, Wave, we sit at this intersection of gaming, music, and tech. And so the audience we serve consumes all of that. They're not just a music fan, but they're also a tech geek. And they also love watching Netflix. And so everything's sort of converging, if that makes sense. Yeah. And, and I mean, that, that leads to, I think, a really interesting and challenging marketing problem, which you've already alluded to, which is like, gosh, it's really nice to create this persona that is very clean. Um, how do you personally stay close to what matters to your audience and be able, <clears throat> excuse me, be able to be flexible enough to meet them where they are with all of those different identities? Like, how do you become a part of that culture when you're when you're marketing to this this generation? Yeah, I mean, I think. Something I've always done is I've, I've tried to put myself in the shoes of the consumer who I'm marketing to. And so that means consuming the media that they consume, being on the social platforms that they're on. So I will admit, I, I spend a lot of time on TikTok and, TikTok and I like to say it's for work, but I actually enjoy it myself. So, you know, it's a, it's a great side, you know, added, to enjoy your work, right? Come on. Yeah, but it's, you know, it, it's really sort of, understanding and and experiencing the things that this generation's experiencing for myself and also to surround myself with people young people diverse people who are bringing in sort of the latest perspectives and bringing that kind of pulse on culture into everything that that I do professionally and frankly um it seeps into my personal life too because I feel like I'm just much more connected to what's happening in the world and in culture today because of my job yeah, it's, it's funny that you say that. We recently started looking at uh, TikTok trending data shareably. So you can't resist, right? You have to look at what it all is. And I was like, I know an unnatural amount about youth culture, like to the point where I think it actually makes conversation with people my own age sort of awkward. But it's good because I can't see them anyway at the moment because I'm just at home. So I guess it doesn't really matter, you know? <laughs> 
Yeah. And, you know, I've always been super curious and wanting to learn into, you know, what's the, the next thing? What's the new thing? And I feel like in the pandemic, TikTok really took off. Like people just found their communities there, the content that they love. I think it empowered so many more creators. Um, and so I, that's that's a platform that I watch and try to pick up on sort of new trends. Um, I also think Twitter is a really interesting place to kind of track what's happening in the world. Anything that kind of is part of the cultural conversation, I think bubbles up in Twitter. So it's always been something sort of on my rotation as a marketer to like continuously track and just kind of be immersed in to make sure that I'm up to speed on what's happening. You, you did another really interesting thing when you moved to Wave. And, you know, I know that there's a continuity to it because you've been marketing to this generation. Um, but there was also a huge departure with this latest move for you. Um, and that was the, I guess, the jump to, um, you know, to a smaller company, to more of a startup, more of a tech uh, startup from some of the big juggernauts that you've been been working in throughout your career. Um, can you tell us a little bit about that decision, what that was like, and sort of how you decided that this was the right point in time for you to really make that leap? Yeah, yeah. I think that decision was was twofold. It was professional and personal. And professionally, like I said, sort of, I've been marketing to this young adult audience, or excuse me, this audience for over 10 years. And it was sort of like a natural, like, evolution of like, of course, like, this is where I'm going to end up is marketing to this audience in this brand new way. And I would say, on a personal level, um, I joined Wave during the pandemic. And the pandemic is a time when you just you know, you can kind of filter out all the noise. You can really think about the things that that matter to you and that you most value. And so when I thought about that, I was like, you know what? Life is short. I want to create impact and I want to leave this world a better place. And so when opportunities like wave come up, it's really once in a lifetime to be able to do something brand new, build out a new category, create a new consumer behavior, it was sort of like a no-brainer when I when I took out all the noise and took out the worry of, oh my gosh, it's a startup and what does that mean in terms of stability? But what I realized during the pandemic is nothing's stable. You can't control anything. So you might as well just go for what you want. And what's the worst that's going to happen? It doesn't work out and you figure out your next plan. And, and that's, that's totally fine. And that's not the end of the world either. Oh, I love that. If you could go back to the start of your career and offer yourself one piece of advice, what would that piece of advice be? Be open-minded. Um, I would say, you know, when I was a toy marketer at Mattel, I loved it. And I could imagine an entire career there, um, working across their entire, you know, all their brands and their portfolios. I loved it there. Um, but but what I realized was, was had I not been open-minded to new opportunities, I would not have had this amazing sort of career journey I've had since then, which is to transition into the tech and entertainment space and be exposed to different marketing challenges and to really kind of make myself a little bit more relevant as a marketer. Not only do I have brand management or sort of that traditional marketing training from, from Mattel, but now I've worked at some of the most innovative companies in the world who are, 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 are pioneering new categories and creating new consumer behavior. If you think about Netflix, like they invented streaming, right? And binging and all that stuff. And so to be a part of 
companies that have done that um, and to have learned from those experiences, I think has made me a much more holistic and relevant marketer. And how do you define the role of, of CMO? I know this is the first time you've taken a role as chief marketing officer, like in your own words, what, what does the CMO do? So the way I think about it is, is I represent the consumer at, at every meeting at Wave internally and externally. So I am that voice when we are just talking about the product roadmap or our future strategic planning, I'm saying, okay, what does this mean for the consumer? How is this valuable? Why would the consumer care? So I believe that my job as the chief marketing officer is to make sure that the consumer is front and center and to make sure that we are offering and giving them the best possible experience and listening to them and making sure that they feel heard and that they feel like they're part of a community. And, and in your marketing mix, and I know you, you already sort of alluded to the importance of social for your audience, um, but can you talk a little more about the role of social media and how you as a marketer are sort of navigating um, your social presence and, you know, growing, growing the wave brand on social? Social media to me is probably the single most important thing that I'm focused on with my team um, because I think if you have a strong social community, you can reach and connect with them on a level that you, you're not going to be able to deliver on through a paid advertise, paid ad. Um, it's, it's organic. You know that people who are following your social handles want to be there, right? So there's not this like force of like, I'm forcing something, a promotion or an ad on you. And so to be able to cultivate that community organically is huge. And I also think that the, the younger generation really kind of gravitates towards those communities more so. That's where they find out um, about the latest things, trends, or um, see what their friends are doing, kind of check it out. Like that's that's really kind of the place in terms of marketing and promotion that I think makes sense for this younger, younger community. And I've been obsessed with social media for, you know, ever since like Friendster existed. So it's been quite the journey to kind of, you know, learn into some of these new platforms. Snap, I mean, Snap, not even new anymore, but TikTok and, you know, the, the ones that have yet to be invented. And I think that this is this space is only going to grow and they're going to be just more and more like kind of social communities like this that like we're going to have to figure out as marketers to reach reach into these younger audiences. And what, what is your approach, you know, as you're, um, you know, maybe looking at one of your upcoming waves or thinking of new initiatives, what's your approach to innovation? Like, how do you, how do you sort of bring everyone with you as you sort of innovate and try new things? Yeah, I mean, I think it, it starts back to understanding who your consumer is. And so when I was first hired onto the wave team, I, I spent a lot of time looking at any of the consumer research we had to date on who our audience was, what were the things that they liked, psychographics, demographics, personal motivations, right? Like every human has motivations um, that, that drive their decision-making. And so when I think about why someone would come and attend a virtual concert, such as a wave, I think about their motivation of wanting to be part of a community, wanting to feel seen, um, wanting to, to just have social connection with people because they've been at home and they, and, and they haven't been able to get out as much. And so I think a lot of that sort of consumer understanding is, is sort of the starting point. Um, but, but then from there, it's also listening to them. So 
what is beautiful about social media is, is people don't hold back. <laughs> um, they tell you what they like. They tell you what they don't like. And so I am constantly sitting down with my social media lead and asking her, okay, what are you hearing from the community? What are the things that are bubbling up? What are they obsessed about? Like, are there artists that they're, they just can't get enough of? And so what you start doing is you start mining for content from your community. And you, if you listen to them, you'll kind of know what they want. And for Wave, that content comes in a variety of different forms. I know that my consumer loves art. I know that they love finding out about new you know, tech innovations. They love music. Um, so th- all of that stuff comes together and we're able to kind of deliver social content that really hits on the themes that we know our community is coming to us looking for. Oh, I love that. Well, I mean, you you call it something that you say is beautiful about social media. And I think um, many others would also say that's the thing that's terrifying about social media is that people don't hold back. Um, what do you have to say on that? Like, how do you um, have the courage, you know, if, if there's blowback or if there's any sort of negativity, like how do you kind of navigate those two sides of social media? I think, I think it comes with the territory. There are always, you know, there's trolls, there's going to be people who are negative. You can't take it personally. Although if there is something serious that's bubbling up, it's really important that you listen to your community and that you address it. Um, you don't want to come off as being tone deaf, right? If something is, it is a concern or, or, or an issue that's not just relegated to a couple of, you know, people in the community, but really does feel like, oh, wow, like a lot of people are feeling this way. So I do think we need to keep a pulse, but we also need to kind of understand, is this a vocal minority or is this like a real thing that we might need to address? So I'm all about like, I I don't think we should not look at that. I think we should look at everything, the good and the bad, and that informs how we sort of proceed and develop our content. Um, you mentioned that you joined Wave during the pandemic. So um, there must be a whole slew of stories around being a pandemic hire and, and all of that. But um, one in particular that I want to dig into, I mean, we had, you know, a real social reckoning on a lot of levels last year um, with, you know, Black Lives Matter and more recently um, AAPI and other things. What do you view as the role of WAVE or are these issues that you're thinking about? Like, how do you guys think about being a part of that conversation? Yeah, you know, it's 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 work that we're continuing to do at WAVE. We're a startup, so uh, we haven't had as much time together as a leadership team to really like formulate our position. But what we do know as a collective leadership group is that we want to make sure that wave is a safe place to work and that people feel good about coming to work every day. And I think that ties into everything that's happening into the world or that's happening in the world um, and, and making sure that we don't come across as tone deaf or that we don't support our employees um, who might be going through something that we're not aware of. And so I think really our philosophy is, is we want to support our employees first and foremost. Um, we haven't, we're, we're still sort of figuring out our position on, on a lot of these issues publicly. Um, we haven't figured that out fully, but it's something we want to make sure we we think about thoroughly before we we roll it out. And so that's definitely something my team is working on right now um, to, to make sure that we, we do it in the most thoughtful way. Um, I want to talk a little bit about um, Gen Z in, specific, in, in particular, because I think a lot of the narrative around Gen Z is like, gosh, 
this is just a really hard to reach audience, right? It's so difficult. Um, and, and you talked already a little bit about this sense of, gosh, there's a lot of different identities all merging. Um, what do you have to say to people that, you know, kind of put Gen Z in the too hard basket and say like, gosh, you know, they're, they're really hard to reach. Um, it's too difficult. Like how, how do you unpack that, that view on, on this generation? <sighs> I'd have to challenge that because I don't know that they're too difficult. They might be difficult if you're doing an ad spend and trying to buy against a demographic because they're not really watching TV and probably don't even understand what a commercial is. Um, but I think it's it's a matter of spend again, spending time inside the communities and social pl- platforms where they're at and figuring out how to show up authentically as a brand and as a company um, in those communities. And so I think a lot of the hard work comes into the creative, right? Into the messaging. Um, this this audience does not like to be advertised to. They can sniff that out. So how do you show up in a in a genuine and authentic way and resonate with them? And a lot of that is is really kind of presenting yourself as is not only a brand that offers a product or service, but also a brand that they feel good about using or interacting with. And so all of that kind of comes together. It's hard work, but like, if you know what you need to do, you can hire the right people, the right agencies, the right creatives to help you kind of untap or excuse me, tap into that audience. So I think it's just, it's, it's a shifting of the frame. Um, and I think, you know, I come from, a world where like you used to just like figure out your demos and you would buy against them and target them and everything was all good. And it's a little bit more nuanced now. And it's much more of an art and science. It's not just about, you know, spending the big bucks to reach a certain audience anymore. Well, and I think the point that you made, you know, just now, but also earlier was the time that you've personally invested to have empathy and to um, really sort of understand the spaces that your audiences are living in. Um, you know, that's different, right? Like you didn't have to be native on all of the channels that you advertise to historically. You just needed to think of them in your media plan. Um, but I think it's very hard to show up on TikTok or some other platforms if you don't love TikTok or at least you don't have a team member or teams who, you know, who really do have that authenticity and that empathy with the platforms. Yeah, and every platform has like a, a, a social code and shorthand. Right. So, so it's not like, you know, gone are the days where it's like, oh, I'm going to cut an asset for Facebook and it's going to work perfectly for TikTok and Snap and all the other places. Every platform now is nuanced. Their, their communities are really different. And so you really have to be thoughtful about what kind of creative and messaging um, that you put for each of these platforms because you want to make sure it, it feels distinct and unique to that community. Yeah, absolutely. Um... If you uh, if you think ahead now, um, what are you most excited about? You know, towards you know the second half of twenty twenty one, but also like into the future in general. Like, what's what's got you excited? I, you know, I I've worked in and around entertainment. I would say for the last ten plus years, and what I'm excited about is this convergence that we're seeing. Um, and again, it goes back to the fact that like things aren't siloed anymore television, music, gaming, it's all coming together. And what you're going to see is a whole host of 
products and services that cater to all of these different tastes across media categories and entertainment categories. And I'm really excited because I think that that is such a win for the consumer because that's where the consumer is going, right? It's no longer like, I'm going to just listen to music. Like, People want music, but they want a game and they want to be able to stream it live. And so what does that all look like when it comes together? Because that's pretty cool if you can check all those boxes and create an even more sort of entertaining experience than, and, than one of those things by themselves. I love it. And actually, I think it would also be great um, if you could explain just for our viewers a little more about Wave. I think we've got a sense of it, but it would be really great to hear it in your own words. Absolutely. So Wave is a virtual entertainment company and we put on live interactive shows in sort of a virtual metaverse. So um, I'm sure many people are aware of Fortnite and Roblox, this idea that there's a world out there that you can create that has endless creative creative possibilities and you can drop in an artist um, in their avatar form and they can perform and, and basically create a live experience that cannot be replicated in, in sort of real life or in the physical format. That's what Wave does. We, um, we're, we're creating sort of the next generation of um, live music experiences. And we're giving our artists and our audiences the power to be able to come along for the ride and also determine what happens next. We're giving them choice. When you arrive at a wave, you get to chat live with the audience, with the artist. You can vote on things like what happens next in the show. If it's a virtual scene change, you can give the artist a new outfit that they wear for the next song. So just imagine like the endless possibilities of these shows because like you just never know what the audience or what the artist is going to do. That's what a wave is all about. It's really one of the most interactive and immersive experiences you can have in a live way. That's amazing. Tina, thank you so much for joining. This is a really, really terrific conversation. You're welcome. It was my pleasure. 